I'm right. All right. So how are you, Thomas? I'm good. I'm a little tipsy from the wine I chugged, but I'm good. Do you have a favorite kind of wine? Ooh, I do. Okay. So it's a little controversial because my manager hates this wine. Like, she hates Moscato in general. Um, How could she? I love Moscato. Right? Like, how dare she not like Moscato? Because it's delicious. But she says it's not actual wine, even though it is. Um, But I'm most likely going to be butchering the name of it. But I believe it's called Bartignori or Bartignora, something like that. It's in Italy. It's from Italy. Okay. A blue bottle with, like, a picture of Italy on it. And it is delicious. My mom got it one year for Christmas, and she's like, which one of you kids wants it? And I already claimed it. Like, my hand shot up real fast. We're like, mine. And then my mine. sister was like, until she realized it was a white wine, and then she's like, I don't do white wine. I'm like, haha, I already called it. It is mine. Which the previous year when my mom got wine from a coworker, I grabbed it. So two years in a, two years in a row, I was the winner of the wine. Nice. <laughs> Which I'm really I, happy about. I like white wine. Also, Moscato is my my go to. I have a new favorite. Um, what's called Stella Rose, Stella Rosa. I forget which how. one. Which 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 flavor? I know it's Moscato. I don't know if there's different varieties. Okay. In this order is how good they are, which of the ones that I have tried. Mango, green apple, peach, mixed berry. I think there's one other one, and then pineapple. I never tried the pineapple. I don't mess with pineapple things unless it's actual pineapple. Or if I'm very tipsy and I don't really realize that it's pineapple, I'd be like, okay. Um... But that top three mango. See, I don't like pineapple, pineapple, anything like regular pineapple or pineapple flavored. I can't do, not a fan at all. But oh, are you the person who says pineapple does not belong on pizza? I don't like pineapple on anything. I'm sure some people like pineapple on pizza just fine, but I won't eat it because I can't do that. Ugh. I, I'm a firm believer that pineapple belongs on pizza because it's delicious. Like the sweet and tanginess of the flavors combined is just chef's kiss all around. Mm-hmm. So I know before we started recording, we were struggling to not talk Gilmore. So why don't we jump right in? <laughs> so we'll yes. start off. Yes. <laughs> Cause I know we had to stop ourselves from going into too much, but This week, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Cinnamon's Wake, written by Daniel Palladino, directed by Michael Cattleman, original air date November 2nd, 2000. And the DVD description is, must be love or at least a very strong like. Rory acts awkwardly around Dean and the death of Maury and Babette's beloved cat brings the whole town together for a memorial. And then you want to hit us with the Netflix description? 
Yes, which is very sad because it has nothing to do with cinnamon other than the name. Um, but the Netflix description is Lorelai admits she has feelings for someone. Meanwhile, Rory has a budding relationship of her own that is moving forward. Interesting. So Netflix doesn't even mention the title storyline about cinnamon. And the DVD does not mention Lorelai and Max. So, hmm. I'm okay interesting. With that, <laughs> I feel like you have to mention Cinnamon, though, because that's what the title or what the episode is named after, but that's okay. So, I do have a couple notes about the cold open. So, it's the Friday night dinner, which. We only get Emily in the cold open and then in the last, like, minute and a half of the episode. So, it's, I'm glad that we got to see her right away in the beginning because we don't get to see her for Mm -hmm. the rest of the episode. But, so, one little note, they're talking about Claudia who died and Emily says, oh, she's your cousin for all intents and purposes. So, the description, if I got this down right, was the father's grandmother's sister's girl, which would be Lorelai's second cousin three times removed. If I figured that out correctly. Um, Because. I believe so. I put a lot of thought into this. Because if it's her father's grandmother's sister. So it's her. So it's Lorelai's great grandmother's sister. So it would be like Lorelai's great. Great great aunt. Aunt. Yes. Um, So her. You have her great great aunt. Daughter. So, the closest relative would be, I don't know why I'm trying to explain this, because it's going to make my head hurt. But what, I'm not going to go through it again. But what I came up with is that it's her second cousin three times removed. I couldn't tell you a single one of my second cousins three times removed. But it's a big generational gap, too, (laughs) was another Mm -hmm. thought that I had of, like, oh, she had to be pretty old. Um, But my favorite part of the cold open was... Just the humor about yes. like two. One is like, well, I don't think she's expecting to die a second time. And the whole Nazi joke. And like, just be right? like no, that was a joke. I I, I, okay. I really enjoy the cold open. It's very funny and enjoyable. I loved it, especially with the pudding. Yes. Where when Lorelai is like, what is this? And she's like, pudding. She's like, I know it's pudding, but we you don't like pudding. And she's like, but you like it. Which, because I watched this episode like maybe twice this week. Like I watched it today. And then I watched it, I think, Monday? Maybe Tuesday? Something like that. Um, and like realized, Emily never gets a thing of pudding. It is only Rory, Richard, and Lorelai who get it. Yeah, well, and I just, I'm trying to remember now. I don't remember, is the pudding in this episode or is that the next episode? Because I know it gets talked about in the next episode. Oh, wait, is, oh, maybe it was next episode because I may have started. Because Richard was not there. Oh, what were they they eating for dessert for this one? I don't remember. I know they were eating dessert, but Richard wasn't there. He wasn't in this episode at all. Okay, then yes, that is next episode, and I feel so stupid, but it's so funny. 
That's okay. It happens. Because so many of the cold opens are of them at Friday night dinner, which I don't hate. I love that. No, I love it. Um, I love Friday night dinner. But so my other favorite parts were um, definitely the um, the Nazi thing with mm-hmm. Emily just like looking of like, oh yeah, they were a nice guy, like all this stuff. And like Rory and Lorelai being dumbfounded, being like, are you serious? Like, we know you're crazy, but are you really this crazy? And then Emily just being so stoic and so like unfazed of like, no, that was a joke. Like, I'm gonna show you how I can be funny. And then Rory just laughing at it, like kills me. And then Laura, like, giving Rory a look because she laughs at yeah. it. Like, yeah. No, you, you're not allowed to find her funny. I'm the funny one here was that look. <laughs> All right. So let's jump to the bake sale because Lorelai is involved with Chilton. Again, she is just on a roll yes. of doing um, things. I have granted, a little. Oh, no, you go. I was going to say, granted, she has Suki do the work, but she's still facilitating mm. things. What were you going to say? Um, with that, even leading up to the bake sale, Rory is so anal retentive about it. Being mm-hmm. like, you knew about this, like, it has to be homemade. And like, all, having all of these follow-ups of, this is very important. When has Lorelai ever let Rory down when it came to school? Why That's is Rory point. acting like this? I did not like Rory in this episode because she is too, like, doubtful of Lorelai. And it's like, I also feel like she knows that her mom does not know the difference between a spatula and a frying pan. She could have helped bake some things, too, if she didn't know that Mm -hmm. Suki was making things. It would have almost made sense for her to have you know, found a recipe to make some cookies or something, you know, just have something just in case because she knows that her mom, she doesn't cook or bake anything ever. Like even if it's three ingredients, super simple, unless it's, I'm going to throw some tater tots on this frozen pizza or I'm going to unwrap this pop tart. Like that's the extent of her. Maybe she makes mac and cheese. We have seen them eat that, but that's that's the Maybe extent. Rory, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. That's probably the case. <laughs> I will say the the food looked amazing. Like Suki killed it as always. And I kind of glanced around at the other tables. They by far had the best display at that bake sale. Oh, indeed. Maybe minus the fire. Which oh god, that whole thing. When Rory was like, ooh, can I, like, help? Can I do it? And then she's like, no, this is very serious. Already turning it on, pointing it down at the table, and then walking around the table. Like, Suki, I love you so much. And you were so accident prone. But how have you not burned down buildings at this point? Like, actually burned them down. (laughs) I love Lorelai's reaction to the quick of like, oh no, like I'm not, she doesn't make a big deal about it. She's just like, oh, problem solve. There's liquid here. Let me put this fire out. 
and their snooty reaction. I'm just like, oh, I would have taken an extra cup and thrown it in their face. I guess I probably wouldn't have done that, but I would have thought about it in my head because they're so just rude about it. It's like, well, you've got this like teeny tiny cup. Because I also, I think they're charging a dollar. Those cups were so tiny. Like my niece, my niece and her friend, they did a lemonade stand and they had much bigger cups for their dollar. And I'm like, yeah, why are you? I know this is for charity. That's what they were doing it for too. But like, that's half a sip of lemonade. Right. And that's it. And like, Lorelai even says like, ooh, very tart or bitter. Something like that. Where. Not very good. Add some sugar. Clearly, they didn't care enough to actually, like, for making good lemonade. So they should be lucky that something is happening with it. Right. Well, and, I mean, they were probably jealous of how great the table looked with the, like, the watermelon thing and, like, all the baked goods. Like, it just looked beautiful. Suki put way too much time. And sometimes I wonder how she has time to make stuff at the inn with just how extravagant she goes she goes over the top with everything she does which is part of why she's amazing she but does. i feel like she just has all that energy and passion where she could spend like a whole night like 7 p.m to four in the morning baking like just to perfection yes and with with speaking about suki can we jump to suki and lorelei's lunch at luke's yes Oh my god, the oh, other favorite part. <laughs> Anything with Suki in this episode is an out of ten. She's so funny. I love her going behind the counter and like just fixing up all the plates. Originally it's oh, let me get you onions. And it's like, oh, let me let me spruce this plate up. Let me deliver this plate. Let me just like just jump in yep. like I belong here. And yes. <laughs> her cluelessness is always so cute. And, like, I love that she can't catch on to what Lorelai is talking about when Lorelai is trying to be all cryptic about Max and the guy who shows up later at Cinnamon's Wake. Um, he's just like, like Yeah, even looking I know like, okay, that. yeah. And poor Suki's just like, What? <laughs> I love Suki's innocence. I love her. And then um, Luke. I- yes. Oh, I just need to make up like- Luke's thing. You bring her again, I want her on a leash. Yes. Oh my God. That is literally one of my favorite quotes. And I will be saying that at the end of this um, as one of okay. my favorite quotes. It's so funny. It's good enough to be repeated. <laughs> All right. What else did you have with kind of the Suki love while we're on that train? Um, I would say um, later, later on her and Luke trying to like go through um, Babette's door, like yes. Babette and Maury's like, front door, and them just like both trying to fit in, and then they take the step back, and then like a split second later, so he's just like, ah, no me first. Yep. I got star power, I passed you. And I, they're both adorable, and I love them both in that scene. But I felt actually really felt bad for Suki because she had a really great plan of how to make things work. And was, like, in this such a good mode of, like, not going to be crazy ditzy. We're going to have a good plan that everything's going to work well and be efficient. And then Luke just comes and plops all the food on the counter. And I'm like, I get it. And that is very Luke. And there's nothing wrong with it. But I also felt bad for Suki because I'm like, oh, she had such a good thought out plan. 
right? And like she put like actual time and effort into like thinking about it and being like, okay, well, this way, like they can still like shake hands and be like, thank you, like thank you for coming, like my condolences, like that kind of thing. And Luke's just being like, eat up, like here it is, have at it. And then later on, when um, they're like putting the plates out, and Suki's like, oh well, this my thing would be really good with this. And then he's like, it's fine. And then like a few seconds later, he's like, okay, fine, do it. Like I loved Luke when, like I already loved Luke in general, but like I had more respect for him when he did that being like, okay, as much as you drive me crazy, you are like, I would consider a friend Mm -hmm. and I respect you. And Luke really cares about people. He does. And like, that's one of the main things why I like him is because he is very compassionate. Even when he gets mad, he like, does take a step back and like realizes, oh, I shouldn't have been that mad. Like it's a general reaction, but I am sorry that it came out that way. Like how can we fix it now? Well, and I feel like at the wake, you can really see with Luke because I think he, he really cares about people. So you see that with his interaction with Suki of like, yep, I'll try your stuff. You know, I'm, he respects her. I think he respects her as a chef a lot. Um, even though he might not always say it, you know, he might complain about her, but it's in a loving, good-hearted way. But even the mm-hmm. fact that he brought food, because he doesn't say it, and I think it's, again, out of respect and compassion, but I am willing to bet that he thinks that it is just the stupidest thing to have a wake for a pet. Like, I just see him mm-hmm. thinking, like, that is ridiculous. Like, what are we doing here? But he doesn't make any comments, even though that's probably what's going through his head. Like, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to bring food. You know, the town seriously cares about this. Babette is an amazing customer. And, you know, this is Lorelai's neighbor and this beloved person in the town. I want to support them, you know. So, like, because I don't think he cares about about Cinnamon. Not to make him sound too curmudgeon but I just don't think that is something that would cross his mind. But he's like, oh, yeah, I care about the town, you know. So, I, I like that we see that, too. I will add, um, when he is sitting next to Maury, when Maury is playing the piano, mm-hmm. I also love, because it just also shows, like, his compassionate side. It's like, I will be here for you, friend. And then when Babette goes over, and, like, she just says thank you to him, and he's like, he's like, of course, like, yeah. I do love you guys, kind of thing. It's just like, oh my god, you do have a heart. Of course he does. And, you know, since we're kind of talking about some things with with the wake, I want to mention a couple things before that of, like, I love when we first see earlier in the episode when we see Babette and Maury walking with Cinnamon. I love mm-hmm. the little wagon that Maury made for Cinnamon. Like, I feel like it's oh, so sweet. Like, ooh. I love Maury. He does not get very many lines throughout the entire show, but he's always just so chill and so sweet. Like anything he does, it's either to make Babette happy or to be cool. Like those are his two motivations, I think. And like, and clearly he loved, loved Cinnamon or loved Babette so much that that translated into caring for this cat so much. And mm-hmm. I mean, not only did he make the wagon, he also shared his, what was it, clams? From Al's yes. with, with oh her, which is, yeah. 
<laughs> um, I will say when you like see them walking with Cinnamon and um they're like talking about like, oh, this is his little like um little hideout kind of thing. Private like, when he place. Wants to be alone. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, I get that. Like I definitely get that. And then them being like, oh yeah, like he likes uh why am I saying he? Because isn't Cinnamon a girl? Well, that's one of the things I actually saw was that in a previous episode, um, Babette mentioned Cinnamon as a boy, and then in this episode, a girl, or vice versa. Like, yeah, like Cinnamon's yeah. gender changed at one point. I don't remember. I think, because I think of Cinnamon as a girl, so I think it was initially, ma- like, that Babette made a comment about he, and then in this episode, it was mm-hmm. she. Yeah, or I just like, automatically I mean, think of cinnamon as a girl. I'm not 100 percent positive. Yeah, but anyway. Um, but when Papa was like being like, "Yeah, we're just doing a little, like," um, I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of it, but like Pascianus, which is like, oh yeah, walk. And then like Maury says it like perfectly, and then Papa being like, "Say it again." And he's like, "I can't do it on command." Like, can't do it on command, Babs. Did. Even <laughs> just that just he calls her Babs. Right? And they the way have... that he, like, blushed was just adorable. Yes. Like, he's so infatuated with her. And, like, vice versa. Right. But they like... are so in love and have such a beautiful relationship. Like, I think I've said it before. They are, if not my number one, they're definitely in the top three, but they probably are number one favorite mm-hmm. couple in this show. Like, and they're side characters. This is the main episode that they even get attention is this one, which is why I love it. Because, like, they have such this, like, beautiful, genuine relationship where, like, you see it. And, I mean, it helps that they are just amazing actors. But, like, mm-hmm. they, you see it, this, like, just genuine care and appreciation for each other. And, like, oh, Babette just breaks your heart when she's talking to Lorelai in the kitchen. And, like being worried well one you get a little bit of background of their relationship previously of like talking about you know how more had some concussions from hitting his head on the ceiling and (laughs) you know all that but then like her talking about being worried about him leaving her because of their cat passing and like that she heard something on oprah or was watching Oprah, whatever the case was and then was their child yes i know and it just oh my gosh it's hard not to cry like it's like, oh, bad, bad. I want to give you a hug. Like, right. I also like that Cinnamon had a song. Yes. I wonder what my song is. Have you ever <laughs> actually, like, just stopped what you were doing before and just, like, what is my song? Well, I guess it depends on if you think of it as, like, a song that describes you or, like, your go to song. Or your favorite song. I feel like there's different ways to interpret that. I think instead of just it being like your song, it's what's your playlist? Yeah, mine changes all the time. Especially because like I I am very non-discriminatory when it comes to music. Like I like just about every genre. There might be some that I'm less inclined to listen to and others that i'm more like i do have my go-tos but Mm -hmm. i like almost all kinds of music 
I get that. And I will even say, like, even with this episode, like, we do get, like, good music. And I will say, when they were doing Cinnamon Song and Miss Patty was on the drums, not drums, bongos, um, yeah. one, you can tell she is not actually playing on the beat, like, of the actual, like, what she is supposed to be doing. Which is surprising um, because she was a dancer in real life. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can also see because of, like, the actual editing and making sure that the song is in there. like, And they perfect. probably didn't actually have the music going. There was probably yeah, no music. With, like, usually when you see dancing, they're dancing to silence. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, if I ever become an actor, like, later in life, or, like, an actual successful actor, um, I could never, ever do, like, a nightclub thing because I would just be laughing the entire time. <laughs> well, have you ever had an issue with that? Like, because I know you do have done quite a few different plays and things. Like, have you ever run into issues with that? Um, so, like, with plays, you have the music um, already there. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's part of the actual play. Right. Um, but I will definitely say that there are many times during rehearsals where I will, and most other people, will just laugh. And, like, ha- have that good time and get all of that out. Um, he's obviously, like, you don't want to be doing that on stage, like, during the actual show. Unless, like, that is what your character is supposed to be doing. Um, but I just could not wrap my head around of doing a nightclub scene or, like, a club scene where you're just moving to silence Mm -hmm. and you have to be like exact with what your face is doing what your body is doing how you're reacting to other things like at least right now I don't see myself ever being able to do that maybe later on in life I will be better at that but it is something that I know I would definitely struggle with and especially like hearing myself um like watching it I even recordings um, like one year for a play, it was over Zoom and they were able to record it and we watched it live, like not live, obviously, but like watched when it premiered on mm-hmm. the YouTube. And I'm just like, every single time I had like my little part, I would cringe. Like I cannot like be comfortable hearing myself on a recording or seeing myself on a recording just because it's just like, I'm very critical of myself and I admire every single person who was able to do that. Yeah. It's always awkward. And I mean, you're most people are their own harshest critic. I feel like, and I know I have that struggle. And one thing I actually had the question when watching this episode was I wonder how many takes it took not to laugh when Babette was describing what happened to Cinnamon. Very true. And if I remember correctly, you only really see Lorelai and Babette when Babette is really like describing it. 
Right. I think you only see Rory when Maury chimes in and says something. I think he says something about the clams or feeling bad. Yeah. And she is sitting next to him and, like, you know, gives him a little comfort. Which, because I know later Lane asks, like, oh, like, did you laugh? Did you want to? And like, I'm yeah, like, I wanted to. Right. I'm like, you know, I Would wonder you- as actors if that was a thing. Because I've also heard that, um, Oh my gosh, it just blanked on her name. The actress who plays Babette. Mm. I'm I'm not gonna remember. I'm feeling crazy right now. Um, I love her, she's amazing, but I, I've heard a lot of like her kind of talking in different um like interviews and stuff that she and other people talking about her that like when there was breaks or cuts or all these things that she was always just like telling stories and making people laugh and that she would literally like pick people up. I guess she was really strong. So like, I know Scott Patterson who plays Luke, he made a comment about like on his birthday, she would come and like literally lift him up and go around carrying him around to different people telling them it was his birthday. Like it sounds like she was kind of the one that was like the life of the party when there were like breaks in filming and stuff while they were on set. And then that just makes me even wonder even more in like these really serious moments like this, if that was still going on and happening um, just because Mm -hmm. she is so over the top entertaining and funny. Oh yeah. She is fantastic. Such a character. Um, I very much want to like see if I can find any of her like, interviews if they're ever like recorded and just like see how she was during that because she just seems like she could turn any person's like terrible day into like nothing like it didn't happen today that was like a week ago and by the way it's sally struthers i would not i knew it would come to me i Oh my gosh. She's amazing. I love her. Like, I feel like she's one of those where it's like, it's weird to think of her as being like a side character, kind of like Melissa McCarthy, even though she has a little bit more role and Rose Abdu, who doesn't come until I think season two as Gypsy. Like, it always seems weird to me that she's not in it from the beginning. And like, they're like Sally and Rose are these two actresses that I feel like are just dynamite amazing like can't mess anything up so it's kind of weird to think of them as having like these very small parts Mm -hmm. but anyway sorry complete you know sidetrack but it's all related so that's okay but trying to think was there anything else with like cinnamon and the wake because i feel like we kind of talked about that Was there anything else to add kind of about that before we jump into, we can kind of talk about the Rory and Dean stuff and the Lorelai and Max stuff. Yes. So um, what my little observation is the, the strange man that you see at Luke's and then at Babette's. Yep. He looks a lot like Tom, but different. Yes. Yes. Um, I got serial killer vibes from him. Oh just my like gosh. his character itself. Um, he's like, I could just see him 
be a serial killer in a movie or in a TV show just of how he like presents himself as this character. And I never really thought about it until the last few times I watched it being like, he's being very mysterious. He doesn't really like say anything. We don't know really who he is. He's just randomly here. Um, are you going to kill someone? Are you, are you death? Like, did you take cinnamon away? What's really funny about that is I think that he, to me, he seems like a very strong mix between Tom, who we haven't met yet, and Luke. Like, to me, you mix Tom and Luke together and you get that guy. Like, you've got the whole really quiet, mysterious flannel thing of Luke, but with the kind of groomed, I'm not saying that Luke is like, a slob but like tom you know it's like oh he's a construction man but he always seems just like very put together at least that's the impression i get um and kind of mixing those two vibes together and that like dry that you get with both tom and luke kind of that dry of like yeah i get it kind of thing that you get from Mm -hmm. him of like yeah i know what you're talking about like that i don't know it's weird because I got vibes of a mix between Tom and Luke, and I don't think that either one of them gives serial killer vibes. So it's weird that you mix them together, and that's what you you picked up on. It just seems like I don't know. Just his presence this time, like these last few times watching, was just like very mysterious when he was like talking and how like no one really knew him or like even actually like with him other than Suki asking oh hey did you get the turkey um I left it like face up and like put garnish on and then Michelle talking with him at the wake for like five seconds well and it is interesting because when you see him to me it always seems like oh this is a character I feel like I know, but I believe this is the only episode that he's used in and he's not mm-hmm. given a name or anything. But it is interesting because, like, when I see him, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy. And it's like, you, you don't really remember the random people very much when it's like, oh, one episode, you know, just very minimal. But he does, he feels like he belongs in the town, but it also seems like no one knows him. So, yeah, he's like, the I guess, I guess that does sound like a serial killer in a sense, but. Um, that's okay. So, which guy do you want to talk about first, Dean or Max? Ooh, let's do Dean. Okay, how are you feeling about Dean in this episode? Um, I I like him a little bit more. Um, because he is like really cute in the beginning episode with Ori, like scaring mm-hmm. her on the bus was. Just- hilarious I'm like yeah I love that granted I love scaring people so I just like a little bit more um but also when he is like leaving the bus after Rory yet again over dramatic of wait this bus is going to Hartford like all of this stuff and then him being like you forgot the one thing about buses they make stops like it's hilarious yeah, he just, how he said it. Well, okay. And crazy boost of confidence in Rory to feel like, oh, I can stand up and yell on this bus. 
that you need to stop. It's like, oh, that's that's a lot of confidence and like energy coming out of Rory, who is more mousy. And Dean, I actually made note. Dean's cute on the bus, is what I said. Like I thought that whole that whole interaction was really cute and sweet and funny. And his confidence, he was like cool and confident. And then you've got mm-hmm. Rory, who's like this burst of fake confidence out of fear about him being on the bus and the way he left, like he, he's just playing it so cool. Yeah. So cool. And I, I don't know. I really liked Dean in this episode. And when asked, just thinking of like the grand scheme of things with Gilmore, I'll never say that I really like Dean necessarily, but like this episode, I was fully team Dean. Like I thought he was, Mm -hmm just adorable on the bus and like super cool and confident and sweet and funny. And then um, like, I don't know, there was like that cute flirting and awkwardness at Dosi's where again, you see Rory being like just so awkward and uncomfortable and him mm-hmm. like trying so hard, but not in a pushy way. Like I know when we first meet him, it's like, okay, is he a little bit creepy and being too pushy in this episode? I feel like, He's being present, and I think he knows he makes her uncomfortable and kind of enjoys it in a acceptable way because it just mm-hmm. seems like that fun and flirty. And to jump to like kind of the last little part that we see with him, I thought it was really sweet of him to apologize when he thought that Rory wasn't interested. When he was like, okay, wait, maybe I misread this. I don't want to be a creep. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to make her uncomfortable if it's not mm-hmm. in like a, a fun flirty way. Like I thought that was, I, I gave props to him of like, I thought that was sweet of him to like call it out and apologize and make sure that he wasn't being like this unwanted attention towards her. And like, so that to me, it kind of wrapped up of like, okay, I am pro Dean in this episode. Yes. And like, especially when like Tristan, the other episode was just like, doing it very creepily and like not getting the hint that Rory is a hundred percent not into him and him just being like, no, you are like, I get it. You are, you're just being like coy about it. Even though like Rory has made it apparent of, I am not into you. Well, and that's where like Dean and Tristan are both like flirty and confident, but Tristan has in his mindset of how could anyone not want me? And Mm -hmm. Dean, I don't think Dean is really aware of his cuteness. I think he more is just like, oh, I'm new to this town. This girl is really cute and sweet. And I think she might have shown she was interested in me the way she kind of like looked at me when I first met her. And I don't know. There's something much more simple and genuine when it comes to Dean. And Tristan, it's more of a... I can get whoever I want. Someone acts like they don't want me. It's a ploy for them to try to prove that they don't and try to make themselves look cool or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, also, yes, yes. Vaguely related to the Rory and Dean, Miss Patty at Dosey's. Yeah. When okay. she like sees Rory like looking at Dean and her just every everything about their interaction was 
just like perfect Miss Patty. Right. Even though it was kind of like when rewatching it, being like Patty, he is a teenager. Yes, you can be saying like, oh yeah, he's cute for you, but then like her kind of like glazing over the fact that he is a minor and she's just like fawning over him with her. But like that is Miss Patty. But it's right. It's if it weren't a TV show, (laughs) there would be some serious issues because Miss Patty, as soon as someone hits puberty in her mind, they're fair game to like fawn over, make inappropriate comments about, and get a little bit too interested. And Mm -hmm. I know she always, you know likes to look and make comments and I think she leaves it at that. So I guess other than dancing. So I guess that's where she gets away with it. But yeah, she definitely really kind of goes on that edge. If if she was a real person and you interacted with her, you'd be like, um no, I don't think you yes. should be around yes, anyone under eighteen. Yes. Um I will say with Kirk in this scene and he's yes, and he is officially Kirk. Kirk. This um, is the first episode that he is called Kirk. And I, I was so happy. I even wrote in my notes, Kirk, exclamation points. Like, yes. they finally have him as Kirk. He's, except um, in my mind, he's only 90% Kirk. Because, they, yes, he has the name, but they, he doesn't have the backstory yet. Because yeah. they act like he's new to the town. He doesn't know Miss Patty. When it's like, no... He grew up there and he knows everybody and everybody knows him. But that's just one of those things we have to kind of ignore. Yeah. And I think instead of ignoring, I just say it's one of his episodes. Like, that's what happens is he has this new, like, persona of him and everyone's just, like, going with it. Yeah, and you could you could say that because then he's like, "Oh, I didn't know you were the Miss Patty." Like, you know, maybe that was his way of trying to be funny because he does when he does something. He he's very much a Daniel Day Lewis, where I think that to him, every job is like a new acting role, and mm-hmm. he just you know completely dives into it. Yes, I do not have anything else really with Rory and Dean. So I'm ready to jump to Lorelai and Max if you are. The yes, because there is gonna be something I'm gonna talk about like later on, but it's mainly Rory based, but Dean like is the subject. But yes, I am also good to move on to Lorelai and Max. Okay. So I will say that I love Max now. Great chemistry. Like their chemistry in this episode I feel like is just phenomenal. And it's like they had good chemistry and good banter previously, but it felt like it was tarnished by their settings and scenario. And I feel mm-hmm. like, yes, it's still, you know, a teacher and parent situation. So it's that questionable of like, is it okay? Is it not okay? But they address it. And like so much of their flirty interaction is outside of school. It's either like literally just outside of school at the bake sale or at that coffee shop, you know, or I Mm -hmm. guess, you know, the little bit when he goes to pick her up for the date. But 
I think because it's not in like literally in the school or in a classroom, it's much more acceptable just with with that. So like I yeah. am also pro Lorelai and Max and Team Max in in this episode. I will say I do like Max more in this episode than in previous episodes. Um, the one thing that I do want to add for it is when they are at the coffee shop um, and he's telling the story of, what was it, his uncle or grandfather? His uncle. Um, and then Lorelai being like, was that true kind of thing? And he just like bypasses even like the answer. It's like, oh no, you totally lied. Like you totally grabbed that story out of your butt to try and convince her, which it did. But right. it's like, hmm. So you clearly think that it was, so you clearly think that the truth that the story was not true. Do you think it being a line or a made up story makes it like, do you think that's necessarily like wrong of him to have told that story? Like, does that count as him being a liar or is it a, Oh, that was a clever pickup story. Mm, I would say like, if it happened in this day and age, I would not like that, but going back to, like, when it did premiere, that was, like, kind of the norm. Because, like, even in Friends, they have that story. I was Um, literally thinking of that, of the backpacking through (laughs) Europe or whatever, and then Rachel turns and uses that story on Ross. Yes. And then Um, nine months later, Emma's born. Yes. Like, oh, my God. It's just so funny. Um... So, yes, I would think as a pickup line, it worked, and I found it cute. Um, He's like, he made this so elaborate and, like, making her think of, oh, maybe this might be a thing, and I don't want to, like, risk not seeing what happens. But then, like, part of me is, like, he literally just lied just, like, to date her. See, now... I think because, like, Max is a good-looking guy. He's very charismatic. Like, I'm sure he's dated a fair share of women. However, I don't see him as, like, a serial dater. So, like, I don't like to think that he's used that story on women before. And I like Mm -hmm. to think that it had some truth to it. He just embellished to make it more appealing and... I don't want to say work in his advantage, but that's all I can really think of to say. Like, I like to think of that, you know, it was stemmed from a true story. He just, you know, made some adjustments and and embellishments a little bit. And because that's the story I tell myself, it feels like, oh, yeah, like, that's fine. It was, you know, he took a true story and just adjusted it a little bit. Some intentionally, some possibly unintentionally and got caught up in the moment. Yeah. But I, I like say, Max in this episode, so maybe that's why I oh, say that. Yeah, which isn't very understandable. Um, I will say when they, like, sit down at the coffee shop, they leave that empty space. It's like, I get why you're doing that, because it does, like, set up for another, like, joke. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when the old man comes in and them talking about Rory and then him saying, oh, just blow some smoke in her face kind of thing. Because Lorelai was saying, like, well, she's, like, my baby. So, like, kind of thing. Yeah. So this old man is thinking that this is just, like, a toddler that they're talking about. (laughs) And Max just saying, oh, just blow smoke in her face. Like, she'll be fine. And then him being like, you're taking this way out of context. It's like, maybe if you actually sat right next to the person you were talking to, no one would actually, like, take things out of context. But also, why would that guy go and sit in between these two people who are clearly having a conversation? True. And go sit there with your newspaper when there were other open seats. That is true. Because, like, I even, like, thought that, too. Like, why are you doing this? Like. Well, and, like, I intentionally watched where he went. I've never really paid attention because who cares? But when he gets up, he goes and he sits at another table. And it did actually look like there was someone sitting across from him. But you couldn't really see. It just looked like there were, like, feet under the table. So, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he actually knows this person or just randomly sat at a table. Like, a two-person table mm-hmm. where someone was already sitting. But, yeah. All right. And what do you think, in terms of Lorelai and Max, teacher and parent dating? Like, do you think that's acceptable? Do you think it depends on the circumstances? Do you think that it's never okay? What are your thoughts on that? I would say as long as the teacher is not teaching the kid that like it should be fine um and I think that he should definitely like take that into consideration of oh you are the parent of one of my students I do like you and you clearly like me we could wait until she is no longer my student or let me like see if this is even like a thing that we can do while she is my student um but I think that if you're not teaching the child and you like let the appropriate people know aka the principal or the headmaster depending on the school um is yes I have feelings or somewhat a feeling an infatuation with this person, but they also have a child at our school. Like, mm-hmm. what are the protocols? What is, like, the rules and kind of thing to where I know, like, later on they discuss that, but, like, he hasn't really done anything to, like, make sure that this is okay. He is just wanting to do it like in secret for now which like I understand but if you really like this person you would already like be looking for those answers well and I really like when she asks him oh can you quit and then realize like oh that's a dumb like I didn't ask that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I would say obviously a teacher parent relationship is a hundred times more acceptable than like a teacher student relationship yes but I also think, like, it's interesting because I kind of think about in parenthood, you know, Lauren Graham's character dates her daughter's teacher, 
And that one is this big deal because find out, oh, her daughter had a crush on that teacher. You know, it's like, oh, then it when it's teenagers, it does kind of add in like an extra weirdness. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's not the case with Rory at all, but I feel like, well, I don't think it should be completely outlawed because if you're a teacher, you should be able to have your kids go to that school. But I feel like probably should have like someone else grade their papers and like that sort of thing. Like if they have to be in your class, otherwise trying to have it that they're not in your class is kind of the ideal yeah. thing. But it's a uh... um not to like cut you off or anything, but I will say when I went to high school, I had a classmate whose mom was my math teacher for I think it was freshman year. Um and he was like not ever in her class, um, like student wise. Right. And she never went out of her way to ask the other, like his teachers, uh, oh, how's my child doing? Like, what is his grade at? Like, she never crossed that line of, I'm going to try and influence this. Like, she would go to parent teacher conferences, like, with her husband and right and i think that's the way you have to do it is be able to have those boundaries and make sure that there's never any kind of favoritism or special treatment and that's that's the case whether it's like you know dating a student's parent or having a kid at the school or having even like a niece or nephew or any kind of relation anytime that there's a relation beyond teacher students like you just got to make sure that there is no favoritism and that it does stay fair which obviously the bigger connections and relationships there are, the harder that can be, but yes. Okay. So I know I did have a couple random things. One is there's no more Drella. I think I might've mentioned that last episode that that was her last episode. So she is officially gone as of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. We get Alex Borstein back in different forms. We just don't get Drella I back. And love the other character that she plays. Me too. Me too, by far. And she actually kind of has two characters, but one of them is just a voice. She is the voice in a voicemail that we have in the future. Um, like a crazy ex-wife. How... I'll point it out when we get to it. <gasps> oh my god, I know who it is now. Right when you said ex-wife, I know exactly who it is. Oh my god, how did I never notice that? I know. <laughs> there's there's actually some really great voice actors that you don't realize that it's them leaving a voicemail. Because we have Alex Borstein doing one. And then also, um, oh my gosh, I am terrible with names today. Why can't I think of his name? He plays, he has an actual character at Lorelai's graduation. He is the guy, um, Seth Rogen. Is it Seth Rogen? Is that who I'm thinking of? Um, Because then he also does a voicemail as well. Like, they use some good names for voicemails. Um, But... Is it the guy who um, was, like, talking with the other lady of, like, oh, we have a rich, like, princess graduating kind of thing? Was it that guy? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't Seth Rogen. 
No, who am I thinking of? Um, Why am I getting him mixed up with someone else? But I'm also thinking that I'm mixing up the face with somebody else, but I know that it was not Seth Rogen. Trying to think of how to... I'm looking it up right now. I am that intrigued by it. Because I remember him being in something else that I liked. Um, I'm feeling really dumb not thinking of who it is, though. Oops. Um, I'm going on IMBD. Seth MacFarlane. There we go. Yes. Seth MacFarlane. I was like... I know who I'm thinking of, just getting names mixed up. Today is not a good day for me for names. But, okay, Seth MacFarlane not only plays, like, an actual character in Lorelai's Graduation episode, but he also does a voicemail later on as well, too. Um, Just some fun, fun facts that don't have anything to do with this episode, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) This is also (laughs) the first episode to mention Al's Pancake World, also known as Al's International Cuisine. And spoiler to anybody who's listening who's never watched the show, but we never get to see Al. Al, there's a couple characters in the show that we hear about all the time or are aware of, but never get to meet. One of them is Al from Al's Pancake World. And another is Mr. Kim. I really I've had theories. Kim. I've had theories about Mr. Kim, but then the revival ruined that theory, so it makes me sad because I liked my hunch. Um, oh wait, we do see Mr. Kim in one episode. Yeah, in the revival. No, not the revival. Yeah, he's not in the first seven seasons at all. I thought he was at the wedding. No, they don't. Not that they mention. There is question of like, oh, are one of these people Mr. Kim? It's never called out though. Like, Lane never calls anyone dad. Never, No one is ever referred to as Mr. Kim. I could have sworn when Mrs. Kim was talking about it. Well, we shouldn't talk about a wedding over. right now anyway. Trying to avoid the spoilers. But, um, which is hard to do. Very true. But we'll dig into it. We'll watch for it and pay close attention to it. But that's okay. So, do you have any other... Like, thoughts about the episode before we jump into quotes. I feel like when we go through quotes, we might end up talking a little bit more about some things from the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the whole thing with Rory when she finds out that Lorelai and Max are supposed to go on a date. Oh, yeah, we never um, talked about how, that. Like, she is, like, over-exaggerating things and, like, being very overdramatic. But it's, like... Lorelai even asked, like, kind of about Dean, but without actually, like, asking about Dean. And she's like, oh, no, like, being very, like, Rory's being very private. And then Mm -hmm. when, like, she finds about, like, the Max stuff, it's, like, very hypocritical when it's, like, you're literally keeping someone from your mother and you're getting mad for your mother doing the exact same thing. Which I I think there's different expectations of a teenage girl and a parent, like, but not that those expectations are right, because I feel like if anything, 
the parent has more of a right to be secretive than the teenager, but the teenager mm-hmm. is more prone to try to be secretive, I guess. Um, and I don't know, it's hard because, like, I was never in that situation. Like, my mom and stepdad got married when I was very little, so, like, I never had, like, a a single mom, you know? So, like, I don't, I guess I don't really know what that would be like. So it is a little bit hard to kind of put myself into Rory's shoes because I could see how that could have awkwardness or be fine. Mm -hmm. But I would also think based on the relationship that with both Max and with Dean, that they would just want to talk to each other about it because that's the sort of thing that they would kind of talk to each other and gush about. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like, Rory in this episode, I did not like. Um, just because, like, I didn't feel like she was Rory or like at her best. Um, I think she was very quiet. She like doesn't really say anything in the scene. Like when we find out about Cinnamon and everything, she just she's there, but she doesn't really play a part in anything. She's like she has some stuff with Dean, but it's mostly about Dean. Like Dean's the one that takes those scenes and she's just kind of like, like I do like her awkwardness, but she doesn't do anything. She really even says anything. The only thing that she really like participates in is getting upset with Lorelai about Max. Yeah. And like, I think that's why I don't really like her in that. Yeah. It's because you only really see her spazzing other than yeah, like, I think that's episode. fair very fair um so we do have a new job to add for Kirk's job list the official first job as Kirk the assistant manager at Dosies. and we talked a little bit about that I feel like he he seems very serious about the job and mm-hmm. I love his interaction with Miss Patty of her making him feel really awkward about putting things or him making the comment about anything going in her mouth and her making it into something dirty and good interaction. Um, Miss Patty's really good at making people feel awkward because she does that with Kirk when he's talking about putting things in her mouth and then with Rory when she's talking about the plum and she's just great at that. Um, we didn't get, like, any Emily, hardly any Emily. She was only, like said, just cold open and then, like, the last minute and a half when mm-hmm. on the phone. Um, so we didn't get any new new staff there. I have a lot of quotes. Do you have a lot of quotes? I have a decent amount. Okay. I seriously have eight quotes. Um <laughs> <laughs> So let's go back and forth a little bit. So I'll... I'll do a couple. So I have two Michelle quotes. So I'll do those first. Um, when he says, fine, I shall be French, but I shall not be happy. When he's got, you know, that group of Frenchmen at first, he's like, oh, I don't understand. And she's like, no, you agreed to this. Um, I like that one. And then especially because like, you're never happy. So, okay. Like you're always French and you're never happy. So you're just stating the obvious. Um, And then the other one from Michelle was when he's like, yoo-hoo, hee-haw, man. 
when he's talking to the serial killer guy. Um, mm-hmm. Like him calling him hee haw man and just the way he tries to get his attention when he comes into the wake. Just, I don't know what it is. Something about that just really tickled me. It's, it's Michelle. Like he does not care if he offends anybody. And oh, he, oh, I love him. I just love him so much. Did you have any Michelle quotes? Um, yes. Um, where he's like, I'm just a simple boy from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I like that too. down. One, well, honestly, I, and I think this is just always because it's Gilmore Girls. Like, they say so many great things because I think I almost put that. And then he said the French thing. And I'm like, nope, I like that slightly better. So I'm going to go with that. So I'm glad you mentioned that one. Okay, you pick an next character to, to do. I will do for Lorelai when I read what it was before, but my favorite quote from her, or one of my favorite quotes is, um, I got the vein on the forehead when um, she's talking with Rory. Yes. And then Rory just being like sadist. And yep, then Lorelai yep. just being all happy about it. It's just, to me was hilarious. Um, and then, so many of the quotes, it's like the tone of the way they say it is a big part of it. And I can never match that. Cause like mm-hmm. with Lorelai with the vein, like I can picture her being like, Ooh, I got the vein. Like yeah. I can hear it in my head, but I can't say it correctly. And then I forget who says it. I want to say it was Lorelai. Um, but it's, to perm or not to perm? Oh, yes, that is Lorelai. I don't remember what she was debating. But it was the like, oh, this or that kind of thing. Um, okay, I have a few Lorelai. One is, first Max asks her, do you like coffee? And then her response, only with my oxygen. Very Lorelai, yeah. Lorelai thing. Um, and then when her and Max are going back and forth about to date or not to date kind of thing. She's like, I'm attracted to pie. Doesn't mean I feel the need to date pie. Mm-hmm. And cause that one is just <laughs> when you think about it for more than a second, it's like, okay, that's a really, really weird statement to make, but I love it. And then her also to Max is I've been memorabling you all week. Yes. That's I will cute. say that was very cute. Um, Do you have any more? Yes, I have three more. Two of them are the vets. Um, where Miss Patty comes in and is like, Oh honey, like, what do you need? And is smothering Babette's face in between her boobs. <laughs> yeah. And Babette's like I need air. a little air, honey. <laughs> and then um when she is talking with Lorelai in the kitchen while they're doing dishes and um Lorelai kind of like being down on herself and Babette being like, oh please, with an ass like that. Um, yeah. Just like well, one kind of like yeah, like but it caught me like off guard at first, being like, Babette, like you're talking about someone's butt. I love this. See, but then I like how Lorelai does kind because, like, Pat, you know, like, Babette makes it into, like, a kind of funny but complimentary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Lorelai's just like, 
serious about it. Like, but you know, I want someone to want me for more than that, you know, like, yes. and there's just so much realness in their whole thing. But yeah, I liked that too. Um, I surprisingly didn't have any Babette down, but I do have a Miss Patty when she says, try a plum. They're better than sex. Mm. Liked that one. That one's a good one. Especially to Rory. Yeah, I know. And then Rory's, um, I need to get out of here. Kind of look on her face. Um, right. Which I do have a Rory, well, it's a Dean and Rory quote of, do you have a second? No, I have gum. <laughs> what else do you have? Um, I have an Emily one. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, later on where I had to like rewind it twice just so I can get like it all. Um, I feel like you're going to include mine in this, but if not, I'll just throw it in right after. So Laura's like, Lorelai is like, why don't you just leave a message? And then Emily says, I don't leave messages. If I wanted to talk to a machine, I would talk to my VCR. <laughs> that was a really good one. That's not the one I had, but I like that one a lot. And she does leave messages, let me just say. But she does. <laughs> my Emily quote is, Oh, what are you going to a raccoon's wedding? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. All right. That was all the ones I had. Did you have any other ones? I other than the I can't do it on command bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, other than oh. that. Um, oh, and you said you were gonna bring up Luke's quote again. Oh about yes. Suki. Um yes. One, just like how furious he is, because like that is his sacred place behind the counter. <laughs> um and him being like you two are like if you bring her here you have her on a leash it's just like that's fair because like Suki's very unpredictable when it comes to like kitchen and like food where you you need to have her on a leash so she doesn't just go wandering and like making things better and And I don't think she washed her hands before grabbing people's food like she "Mm, did not you were just eating your own food and then started touching other people's food without washing your hands. Like, that's very unsanitary and not up to code. But, that's okay. All right, should we get to characters? Yes. All right. So, I'll go first. I have two honorable mentions that I just want to mention because I really, really like them in this episode, but they got beat out. Was actually, surprisingly, Dean and Suki. They both, I'm like, oh, I love you, but I have to give it to Babette. Like, she, for me, she is the heart of this episode. She is. Who who is your, who is your favorite for this episode? It's honestly a tie between Babette and Miss Patty. Um, Because both have, like, their amazing dialogues for their respective characters, which just, like, shine so brightly. so I would say, like, they are my top two. Yep. Like, and definitely, like, in situ- different situations, one is more than the other. Um, but I would say, like, them together in that scene 
where like she just pulls Bad Bad to her, yes. and then Bad Bad be like, "No, I need air. Like you are going to kill me if you don't like release me." Um, like they're just kind of character dynamics just mesh so well, and you can tell that they're like outside of like Gilmore Girls, they are friends. Like for sure, hands down. Like they have wine nights. Um. But if I had to pick one, it would be Babette, just because of, her, like, her character itself. And you can do two if you want. We've had other episodes where we have picked two. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do two. They're, okay. they're both tied. I, it's a Sophie's choice for me. <laughs> well, and we didn't talk about it because there weren't really many this episode of kind of those great pairings. But I've got to say, Miss Patty and Babette are one of those, like, very great pairings to have on screen together like they're dynamite and we we haven't really gotten that until this episode but we definitely get more in the future which is good and exciting all right so ratings what would you rate this episode oh i have two different ones because like i think of it as this is such a sad episode and it's so moving with the characters that I rate it a like an eight cups. But because it is so sad and like I cry basically each time when Bebet is crying. Yeah. I want to give it a five just because of how sad it is. So I will go like in the middle and I will say seven. All right. I like I wrote down my rating like right after watching it. And as we were talking, I almost thought about increasing it just because I'm like thinking of just the really solid parts. But I'm going to stick with my rating because there is. Well, my so my rating is 7.5. And as we're talking, I was thinking about increasing it because I'm like, just thinking like there's so many great quotes and like just Babette is amazing. And like thinking of Babette and Maury and then Babette and Lorelai and Suki and Lorelai. I'm like, Oh, there's just so much greatness in this episode. But I'm like, at the same time, like there's no Richard, there's no Paris. Like there's definitely some lacking in it. And Mm -hmm. in terms of like storylines, like I really like, Okay, I don't like that cinnamon dies, but I like that it gives us this look into Maury and Babette's life, and I love how that all goes. But even mm-hmm. though I was like pro Dean in this episode, I feel like Rory did nothing that was like of importance. Um, yeah, like, like I liked, right? Like I liked Dean in their scenes, but I just didn't really care about rory's side of things as much so, like it kind of felt like it was lacking a little bit like there wasn't much to it and i actually remember when watching the episode being like oh it's so long into the episode before we get to cinnamon's wake and i think because that's what i was just like waiting for and like it's not that i dislike any of the stuff that happens before that but i just found myself just waiting because of wanting to get to like the emotional stuff with Babette because even though it is like it is all so sad it's I I like sad things I'm a sucker for any kind of emotional thing so like I just wanted to get to that and like wanted almost wish that that was the entire episode that the whole episode just took place at Babette and Maury's house and that they expanded Mm -hmm. on that because 
I, I love all of that. That would make it a 10 for me. Um, but that didn't happen. So I'm going with 7.5. All right. And then next week, well, in a few days, because we were late with Labor Day. So sorry to everybody who is keeping up to date and has been waiting for this episode. Um, but we'll get back onto our normal schedule moving forward. So not much time before you can get episode six, which will be Rory's birthday parties. And that is what we'll be talking about on the next episode. And as always, feel free to email us with some questions. Um, I know podcast is brand new. Haven't gotten any emails yet. So jump on it. Be the first one. Send us send us questions, thoughts, your Anything you want to talk about in terms of like an episode that we are talking about or any aspect of Gilmore Girls. And our email address is copperboompcast at gmail.com. And then also make sure to like and follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And for all three, it's at copperboompcast. And Thomas, anything that you want to add or plug or anything that you want to encourage people to to do? <laughs> Eat pudding. Yes. What's your favorite kind of pudding? <laughs> Ooh, I would say vanilla, just because like, I love vanilla pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wish I liked pistachio, wow, pistachio pudding more. Um, they love pistachios. Like, I could eat pistachios all day, every day, um, but I just cannot stand the taste of pistachio pudding. Interesting. It's For me, sad. I'm 100% a butterscotch pudding person. I like vanilla. That would be my second choice, but butterscotch is number one. And I'll just throw out the kind of pudding that I cannot do and think is disgusting is tapioca. Yeah, oh. I can't do tapioca. Gross. I like the idea of tapioca. I I like the word tapioca, but that's about it. It's a good word. (laughs) It is. There's just some words that are very, there's some words that are very pleasing to say. And sometimes you just feel the need to like say a word and, or make a sound. And tapioca is one that kind of covers some of those. But so you've got strict advice from Thomas to eat some pudding. Treat yourself. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Well, it was wonderful to talk about this episode and excited to talk with you again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Copper boom.